coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. My ability to succeed as an entrepreneur is to be a lifelong learner because one of the things that I've been told I'm really good at is listening and learning from someone and then applying it to what we're doing. So I mentioned I did the Goldman Sachs program. It's amazing. It's free. It's a hundred hours of business training put together by Babson, which is the top entrepreneurship school in the country. So highly recommend it. I did that program probably like seven years ago. And that's really where I came to the point of like, I can't build my business with subcontractors the way that Mm -hmm. I want to, because I wouldn't have control over them delivering the service as I was knowing it needed to be. Mm -hmm. That was the takeaway from that strategic coach. I've been in equally as long and, you know, there's so many (laughs) takeaways in terms of the tools and things that we use in there, but they teach a concept called the entrepreneurial time system, which is all about setting up your week around free days, focus days, and buffer days. And so Mm -hmm. being really intentional with your time and energy. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Today on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Emily Morgan, who is the founder and CEO of Delegate Solutions. So Emily has created a company that takes care of all of the types of tasks, the admin tasks that you may not necessarily like to do, want to do, or maybe you're not even good at them. Emily has a a business that she's put together that helps identify where you should start, what types of tasks you should be delegating. Uh, and she's she's streamlined this into systems and processes that you can actually go and take different tests online to determine what types of things you should be outsourcing, what types of uh, particular jobs are right for you to hand over to someone else. So great, great conversation with Emily. We talked about her, how she got into this business, kind of her trajectory to, to get here, and how she took some advice and some training from other mentors and and other advisors, other organizations, and has grown that into a very, very successful business. So if you are in a position where you're struggling to keep up with the day-to-day admin tasks and you know the repetitive type of tasks, this is an episode that you're not going to want to miss. Emily has some some great advice to be able to identify those types of things. And we talk about, again, some tools and that that they have available that you can reach out to them and learn what you should be outsourcing and, and what you should be delegating to other people. So with that, I hope you enjoy today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce. So I was the oldest of three girls. And I was raised by teachers and we had dinner together every single night. My mother would cook and my mom for much of my childhood wasn't working. She was like a stay at home mom raising three girls. Mm -hmm. And my, I had zero 
understanding or access or interest in business growing up, like none. And so my mother used to always say, I think you're going to be in business one day. And I would be like, well, what does that mean? And she was like, well, I don't know because (laughs) they're teachers. Yeah. So I had no sort of like the usual story. Oh, I was selling things on a lemonade stand at like five. I don't have any of that type of story. Was there anything about your personality, would you say, that was, you know, more go-getter-ish than what other people's were, would you, would you say? Like, I mean, there had to have been something that stood out to your mom that would, would, uh, you know, allow her to say that, that was going to be what you're going to get into. I mean, I was bossy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was the oldest. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I was tenacious, you know, and I think, but I don't think even when my mom was talking about, oh, business, she would picture an entrepreneur ever. Yeah. So. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So did you do the whole college thing and all of that then? What, what did you study in college? I took the scenic route through college. So I wound up going to, I think, four universities before I graduated. Okay. I actually graduated from University of Pennsylvania. Yep. I had an amazing German teacher in high school growing up. So I thought I'm going to, you know, teachers, the rest of my family, you know, everybody's a teacher. So I thought I'll be a German teacher. And mm-hmm. I went and um, decided I was going to major in German. Well, they didn't have it at that school. So then I transferred. Then I followed a boy and I lived in Alaska for a few years. Oh, wow. <laughs> Two other schools. And then I finally came home at like 21 and I got a job working at University of Pennsylvania here in Philly. And that's where I ultimately graduated from. And at that point, it was all about how do I graduate? What is the fastest path Mm -hmm. to graduate? So I have an English degree from UPenn. Very cool. Very cool. And and at what point did you decide that you were going to hang your shingle and, and start your company? So after my son was born, like I said, I was working at University of Penn. I was commuting and I loved the work. I loved the people I was working with, but like the thought of having a a newborn with a commute and all that, it's just like, ugh. Mm -hmm. So I was interviewing for jobs locally. And one of the women that I was looking to hire was talking about how she had a virtual assistant. And I'd never heard of that, but it had to do with the work I liked to do, which was admin. Mm -hmm. And So I started researching it and I said, well, I could just do this. You know, I could just do admin work and do it from home. Mm -hmm. So it wound up that two of my last jobs came on as clients, Penn being one of them. They were some of my first original clients Mm -hmm. when I started. Very cool. So, so you, you basically, you know, you heard about this virtual assistant position and you said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be a virtual assistant. And then at, at one point, I mean, at, at a certain point, it had to have grown, you know, more than like you could handle. And and is that when you decided, okay, I've got to bring in other people underneath me, and maybe there's something here that I can create this business that that, you know, we can offer these services to other people. Is that basically how it all came together? Yeah, I mean, it was scary times. At the time, my ex was not working, and so I was like leaving a job to mm-hmm. do this, as I had, and you know, I had a, a young son, and so I was like doing the client work after work. So I was working, you know, all the time, which was Mm -hmm. totally crazy. And, and then when he and I split and I was basically on my own with my son, I reached this point where I was like, like, it was never going to happen ever again that I could work like that anymore. Yeah. So I really had to redesign what my day was going to look like, Mm -hmm. but 
yeah, I mean, it was, it was a slow progression after a year or two that I kind of was like, got very entrepreneurial. I didn't yeah. set out, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and this is what I'm going to do. That was never the program. Yeah. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, you know, I guess your breaking point, you know, when you realize that, Hey, this isn't working, I can't do this all on my own. Because again, you, you had a lot of pressure, a lot of responsibility on your shoulder at the same time. And, you know, you're in this position that I think a lot of entrepreneurs end up getting into, you know, they, they start their own company, whatever that might be, they do all the work themselves and just end up getting burned out. Talk a little bit about what life was like, you know, during that time when you were, you know, kind of ripping your hair out, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I think women in general grow businesses differently than men. Mm -hmm. I really have found that I've had my business for 15 years. It's as old as my son, Mm -hmm. but in the early days, you know, I, I never had this vision. Like at this point we have about 45 employees and from where I was 15 years ago, doing the work, okay, maybe I'm going to bring in someone else. They're going to help me with the work. And then it turned into, well, actually, I think I'm an entrepreneur and I'm trying to build a company mm-hmm. to educating myself through a lot of, you know, peer relationships. And I did the Goldman Sachs program and I'm part of EO. And so all this learning that I did as an individual is where we are now today. But I, yeah. my main point is I feel like I grew up with my company, you know, like we're one in the same in terms of our maturity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, that's interesting. What and and when you when you were making that transition, you know, from being a solopreneur to you know having employees, um, did you do you feel like there are things that you could have done better or done differently? You know, looking back, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a million things. Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. What what were some of the ones that kind of stand out? Like, what are some of those mistakes that you know you you wish you could take back? You know, today. Well, there's a million. So I'll just pick some broad strokes. <laughs> you know, the one of the hardest things that I've faced as a leader is what is the correct operating structure for my business, right? Mm-hmm. So we went from having contractors, then we said, all right, we're going to have employees, then we're going to, we're going to have part-time employees, then we're going to have full-time employees. Then like, we're selling this fractional service, yet we have full-time employees. And so it's this endless sort of like chess game that we play trying to find the perfect structure because from where I sit there might be other industries that sell fractional services but my industry virtual admin it's still the wild west there's not like one company that has it all figured out there's companies that sell it differently and do different things but there's no one who's like you know having employees and doing this well from where I sit yeah yeah. So, so you, you kind of had to, you know, figure that out, you know, on your own, you know, what, what, what works for you and that structure that you're talking about, are you, are you saying like, like your business processes structure, or is that like an LLC versus, you know, like what, 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 what do you mean by the structure there? The people structure, right. And so we started implementing EOS, the entrepreneur's operating mm-hmm. system about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And that transformed the business because that gave us like a standard, right? Okay. Yeah. Five to seven direct reports, accountability charts. So it's more about the structure of the accountability chart, matching how we sell what we do and being mm-hmm. able to keep full-time tenured employees. Like that whole ball of wax 
incredibly complicated. So, you know, at this point, I'm always like, man, if I could go back and rebuild it the way that I know would work now, you know, we'd be, you know, 10 times the size, that sort Mm -hmm, of thing. mm -hmm. And and with EOS, did you, you said that you're a member of EOS. So I'm assuming you've read Traction and all of that. Is that, is that kind of how it started was you picked up the book? like traction and then, and then, you know, said, Hey, this kind of makes sense. Or did you jump right in? You know, maybe you found somebody who is already part of VOS. How did that, how did that progress? Again, all very organically (laughs) through my relationships. So I remember being in Goldman Sachs, we had graduated and like, I'm still extremely close with a lot of those people that I did the class with. And, you know, we were all talking about it. So we're reading it together. And then it just so happened that I was in strategic coach, which is this entrepreneurial coaching program. And I was sitting next to Mark O'Donnell, who became my implementer, who is now the visionary at EOS Worldwide. So like, it's all been organic in how we adopted EOS, but it really transformed and streamlined the way that we operate and do business. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's interesting when you put those types of frameworks around you know, how things just sort of fall in place, like, oh, that, that makes sense doing it that way, or that, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. So th- th- that's interesting. You mentioned a few minutes ago how men create their companies differently or, or build their companies differently than women. What did you mean by that? What, like, what are some of the things that you've noticed over the years that are a little bit different from, you know, a woman-run company compared to a male-run company? I think that, I mean, this is all my opinion. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I live and run with entrepreneurs. It's like my whole world is friends, you know, coworkers, whatever, clients. So it's just my opinion. But, you know, I think women start a business because they're really passionate about something that they're good at. Mm-hmm. And they grow them more organically, as opposed to what I've seen men do, which is they're a little bit more detached from the emotions of the business, very pragmatic, very much, you know, whatever that side of the brain is, that's very much just like, you know, yeah. a different type of focus. And it's funny because I was recently celebrating a milestone for my business. And I was looking at some statistics about women-owned businesses. And it was something like only 4.2% of women-owned businesses ever make it across a million dollars. Wow. Wow. And wow. then of firms over a million dollars, only one in five is owned by women. So I feel like those are really big stats that we need to pay attention to that kind of support my theory. Yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting. And, and so scrolling through your, through your list of, you know, your team, your staff, it is primarily women as well. So, so obviously you've, you've, drawn people that are probably very much like you, you know, into the company as well. Do you have, I guess the question is, is really, do you have any insights that you've learned along the way on, you know, growing your team and and being able to identify people that would be a good fit, you know, for your team? Because, you know, someone might look great on paper, right? But, you know, their personality might be in complete conflict with, with the company. So, any, any thoughts there on how to, how you've learned how to identify people that, you know, might be a good fit into, into your organization? It's the hardest part of what we do, as I'm sure mm-hmm. any other business owner would agree with me. The people side is the hardest. What we've learned over the years is core values are everything. So one, mm-hmm. knowing what your core values are and asking questions in the interview process that 
suss out core values fit are really important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it takes us on average, I want to say it's like 45 days to hire. So like, it's quite a process to even get in the door here, not to mention once you're in your shadowing and training and, and all that type of stuff. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. And, and I would imagine that, you know, based on today's society, like, you know, we, we, we have apartment buildings that we also invest in, and we're trying to find people to work, you know, at the apartment building. So, you know, you have a job site to go to, you know, the whole reason why you got involved in this was that, you know, you could do this from home and, and not have to go anywhere. I would imagine that today, you know, a lot of people are looking for that exact same type of, you know, opportunity. So it's, I would imagine that the talent pool is probably pretty robust, you know, that you can, that you would choose from, would you say? I mean, COVID impacted us in weird ways. Like one, we're all pretty much moms. So what we were dealing with was so different because like we were set up for virtual, that was easy, but now we all have our kids home. So we were navigating that together. And then sort of on the other side of COVID or wherever you're calling the point that we are at this point, now we're in this position where we're competing with Mm -hmm. regular jobs that are letting their admins work remotely, which we never competed with before. Hey, it's Matt. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've been involved in the multifamily real estate realm for a while. It's something that I truly, truly enjoy, and I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling it the MultiWiser Deal Room. It's a community of individuals just like you who want to get wise about multifamily real estate investing, developing, and even owning and managing your own complexes. You'll be able to network with people from all sections of the industry, from investors looking for deals, project managers looking for investors, real estate brokers, property management agencies, contractors, remodeling experts, finance gurus, you name it, we're going to have it in the network. I've been at this for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one of these projects happen. And the MultiWiser Deal Room is my attempt to shorten your learning curve and get you plugged into leading experts fast who can help you close your own deals. We start off with a video glossary of over 150 commonly used terms to increase your understanding and help you get moving. Also included in the community are training videos to help you be successful, like how to put together a pitch deck, build a team, and so much more. We're going to have live interactive Zoom calls where you can ask your questions and learn from people who are actually out there in the industry doing it. For more information, go to multiwiser.com. And they can pay them way more than we are able to pay them. So you know, it becomes like we have lots of different perks and things that we do to stand out and be different as an employer. But like the talent pool is different and a lot more challenging, I think, than it was pre-COVID. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess it didn't really take into consideration that there are a lot of companies now that, you know, are letting people work remotely. So yeah, makes that makes sense. Big change. Yeah. So what, what are some of the the tasks that you... Uh, would say that you guys really excel at, like, when, you know, what types of things do you really help a lot of companies do well, you know, when they're looking for a VA? So we try not to call ourselves VAs. So I'll start there. Sorry. So <laughs> we're, nope, no worries. I just say it to like, it was for many years, I wouldn't say VA, no one even knew what it meant. So now mm-hmm. everyone knows what it means. So that's progress. <laughs> so I'll take that. <laughs> But we're a delegation company and we work exclusively with entrepreneurs and we help 
them figure out what to delegate and how to delegate, and then put a team and system together to pull those things off their plate. Mm -hmm. So what that looks like looks different for everybody, but usually we do delegation strategy that's tied to your goals and priorities. So we want to understand what you're working on this quarter. And then we identify delegations that we can pull off your plate that support that. Mm-hmm. And then there's core things that we usually take over, such as scheduling, inbox, travel, personal tasks, et cetera. And for those things, we have built methodologies around how we take scheduling off your plate, right? Mm-hmm. So where entrepreneurs get stuck is they're like, I don't have any time to like figure out how to even get this over to you. That's cool. We already have a plan of how we're going to take it over. So that makes us a lot different in how we work with people. And we do, we're fluent in a lot of the business operating systems. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the concepts you learn in these courses like strategic coach and EOS, there's language and things in there and, and you're told to do certain things, but now you don't have a team to do it or who knows what you're talking about. So we come in and help you do those different things. And that's, that's something that I actually was going to ask that, that question, because it sounds like you're applying EOS methodology, you know, you're bringing that, that methodology into, you know, into the company. And even, even with your, with your naming of the company, and as you said, you know, we're not VAs, we're a delegation company. So you're, you're already, you know, taking a lot of those concepts and, and, you know, putting yourself in a whole different category, you know, which is, which is you know, it's fantastic. I, I love that. You know, I love that approach. That's, that's really, 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 really good. We are not looking to be compared to VAs. Like we won't even compete on price with, you know, with yeah. the VA. And I really think that there's a place for all of us in this space. Like if you're just looking for task level delegation, you can yeah. totally go to the Philippines, whatever, pay right. $5. If you're looking for a full-time person in your office, you can totally do that. Where we are is in the middle with delegation strategy, consultative, proactive, executive, admin teams, mm-hmm. systematically deploying our delegation system and pulling those things off your plate. Yeah. And any type of vertical or any industry that you guys focus in on, there's a pretty well across the board. The only one we don't touch is financial because okay. of compliance. But mm-hmm. my position is admin is admin. You may think you're special and your work is super unique, but we don't like, this is just administrative work, whether you're a nuclear scientist or, you know, a banker, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. What are some of the, like some of the, the ways that I, like, if I wanted you to, to, you know, use your services, what are some of the things that I would need to bring to you so that you could say, okay, this is, you know, we could do this, this is a good fit for us, or, you know, this isn't a good fit for us. What are some of those things that I should have prepared, you know, for that conversation? Well, the number one thing that we need our clients to be clear on is what, what they're trying to free their time up to do instead. Mm -hmm. So I just wrote a book on delegation called Uh Let It Go. It's coming out in the spring. Uh And the first third of the book is dedicated to this concept that our mindset around, you know, why we're delegating, what we're going to be doing instead has to be clear to us or delegation is never going to feel like it's productive. So we want you to be clear on what impact you're trying to make, what you want to spend your time on, what your goals are, and be able to articulate that to us. Mm -hmm. And then we have different exercises we can run. We call it a freedom analysis where we walk you through what you're spending your time on and we break that out into more of like a strategy. Mm -hmm. So 
some some clarity around how you've spent your time the last few weeks and what are the, some of the things you're doing that you can't stand and what are the things you're doing that you love doing and being yeah. able to talk to that. Yeah, that's interesting. And and so do you actually help coach the entrepreneurs through that process of letting things go? Like, you know, it just as the title of your book, you know, because I, I think a lot of people feel like this is mine. I have to, you know, I have to do this, even if it's, you know, completely like ripping out their hair every time they have to do it, they just feel like they're the only ones who can do it. So, so as part of this, like getting people to realize, oh, you know what, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. You know, maybe I should step away from that, that side of the business. Definitely. And I think the conversation earlier around getting clear with yourself, what you're here to do, what your contribution really is. And it's not being so busy and everybody looks up to you because you're always solving every problem. Like that's not really what entrepreneurs roles are their role is ideas relationships you know Mm -hmm. moving things forward but yeah we do weekly planning and accountability calls where we talk through priorities for the week we proactively suggest delegation based on what we see them spending their time on we also have an e-course called the elevation quarter where we run small cohorts through live zoom learning and we really dive deep into why we struggle with delegation and how to actually get something off your plate. And and I know that you said that there aren't any specific verticals or anything like that, but would you say that women are more your your target client or is it is, is it both? Is it both men and women? We're like 50-50 in terms of who we work with. We're looking for entrepreneurs with teams. So mm-hmm. the solopreneur is usually, you know, we're kind of, beyond solopreneurs at this point there are still some that we work with but a lot of the times they're building out teams at their companies yeah yeah so that's that's a level that you know you would look for to make sure that they've achieved that got it got it and what's um what are some of the challenges or what are some of the mistakes that you see a lot of entrepreneurs making you know when they maybe they're they're thinking about delegating some some different tasks out are there any things that you can think of that come to mind, you know, of common things that you sort of see time and time again, like maybe a lot of people try to go to the Philippines, maybe it, it is, and, and, and you know, they hire the $5 an hour person and they have a bad experience and bad taste in their mouth. And then, you know, they feel, figure, it, you know, that's not going to work for me. Does that, does that kind of resonate? I mean, is there, are there any things, I guess, that, that stand out as far as a lot of mistakes or things that people are doing wrong when they are approaching this concept? Yeah, I think, you know, we've come up with five bottleneck behaviors that we know entrepreneurs possess when it comes to letting go and and delegating well. Mm -hmm. So there's certainly those types of things. There's also, you know, just not really letting it go all the way or not giving someone the right information they need to actually do it, do the job well. I think a lot of the times entrepreneurs are notorious for ideating all over their teams. And Mm -hmm. what happens is it creates this friction because our teams are typically fact finders and they live in execution and you're living in ideation and you're like, go, 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 go. And they're like, but wait, I'm still working on these 20 other things that we talked about last week. So having some awareness of that tendency and who you're working with, I think is important too. Yeah. I, and I love that. And I, I see that time and time again, too, where, you know, different entrepreneurs are, 
you know, let's do this and let's do that. No, now we're over here and let's do this over here. And, and, you know, you're right. I mean, people, people just, they get confused, right? Like what, what's priority? What do we do? What, what's, what do I, what am I supposed to be working on now? You just gave me something else when I've got 20 other things I'm working on. So yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more. What, what are some of the, when you went through the EO program, what are some of the things that, you know, you really can, can say, you know, this was a, this was a game changer. This was a complete changing moment, you know, in our, in our company or in uh, maybe at that point, I don't know if you had more than one employee at that point, or if that was, you know, still early days, but I, you know, a lot of people I feel are afraid to join any type of coaching program or, or mentoring program or any type of like EO organization, anything like that, because, you know, they feel like, oh, I, I don't know if I'm different or if it's, you know, I, I'm the one who knows my business better than anybody, but you know, there's this, there's this propensity that they, they feel like they shouldn't be paying for those types of services or that type of advice, anything that comes to mind as far as like leaps that you made, you know, because you took that path and, and were willing to reach out to other people and mentor or advise you from a company standpoint. To me, my ability to succeed as an entrepreneur is to be a lifelong learner, because one of the things that I've been told I'm really good at is listening and learning from someone and then applying it to what we're doing. So I mentioned I did the Goldman Sachs program. It's amazing. It's free. It's 100 hours of business training put together by Babson, which is the top entrepreneurship school in the country. So highly recommend it. I did that program probably like seven years ago. And that's really where I came to the point of like, I can't build my business with subcontractors the way that Mm -hmm. I want to, because I wouldn't have control over them delivering the service as I was knowing it needed to be. Mm -hmm. That was the takeaway from that strategic coach. I've been in equally as long and, you know, there's so many (laughs) takeaways in terms of the tools and things that we use in there, but they teach a concept called the entrepreneurial time system, which is all about setting up your week around free days, focus days, and buffer days. And so Mm -hmm. being really intentional with your time and energy management And then EO, just a little fun one in my forum, one of the guys was sharing that he implemented Google five-star reviews. Mm -hmm. And like, we hadn't done that yet. We put it out there to the team and we said, look, we'll pay you $25 Amazon gift card for every Google review that you, every five-star Google review that you get. So they're only Mm -hmm. asking for five stars. We've gotten like 25 five-star Google reviews. Nice. (laughs) That has like skyrocketed our SEO. And I mean, it's like these love letters, these clients are saying the nicest thing. So it's like, it makes me really happy, but it really transformed our SEO. Yeah. (laughs) That was a forum learn, forum learning. So that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand that, you know, the reviews do weigh in on your SEO and, and, you know, how Google weighs. But I, I just saw this, I think yesterday or the day before this, but Google, on your business review, just release the ability to post videos on there as well. And, and supposedly they're ranking that like, like above and beyond everything else. So, so like, you know, you, you get on there and talk about, you know, the, the delegation system and all of that, you know, whatever your keywords are, whatever your focus is, you know, so they're trying to make the Google business listing more 
interactive, I guess you can say, and and take all of those videos and and launching that. So that's just like I just saw that a couple of days ago, and it's brand new. So it's something something I have to look into too. So, we'll but yeah, yeah, because yeah. a lot of our clients, you know, they hate to type. So yeah, and they'd be like, yeah, I'll make you a video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, get out and show whatever it is that you're doing, making. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so much easier. I'm the same way. I I hate typing, but you know, videos, I, I can do that all day long. So no, I love it. I love it. If, if people want to learn more about you, your company, what would be the best way to reach out and, and get in touch or, or learn more, would you say? Yes. Our website is delegatesolutions.com and we created a special landing page for your listeners, delegatesolutions.com slash pass the secret sauce. And on that page, you can schedule a freedom analysis, which <clears throat> is that exercise will do with you complimentary to help you figure out where to even start with delegation. Mm. You can check out our e-course, can schedule a discovery call. I have lots of resources on there tied to delegation for your listeners to check out. I actually love that. And I, I, I didn't even think to ask that question, you know, where, where do a lot of people start? I mean, obviously your, your, your quiz, your, your, your program there can help identify that, but is there anything that, you know, sort of is, top of mind that you know should be let go of prior to other things would you say well I think none of us should be scheduling so I think whether you're using like acuity like you're using your you know other tools that are out there and I would just encourage you like don't get overwhelmed like oh it's not going to work for everybody okay it's just going to work for people I'm podcasting with and just start slicing off the layers of scheduling Mm -hmm. systematically instead of getting overwhelmed by how it won't solve X, Y, and Z, you know, big problem. Yeah. I love we that. also have on that landing page, a list of sample tasks to delegate by category. So that's really great for brainstorming what can go and getting the juices flowing there. Beautiful. Yeah. We'll, we'll certainly put that in the show notes too, because that, that sounds like a heck of a resource. So I'm sure the listeners will enjoy uh, being able to, to, to tap into that bit of knowledge. Emily, this has been fantastic. Thank you for the time today. And, uh, I wish you nothing but success. It sounds like you're you're on your way to uh, some great things. So congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.